Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. We have, we have right at one hour before a new decade starts. This is a number of people's first time in a church service on New Year's Eve. Now, this sounds a little funny to people like my wife and I, because we were raised in church, and I don't remember ever spending a New Year's Eve not in church. Some of our relatives uh, we were talking about earlier are... Um, and, and Mark and you guys, you, you guys will know this, that are very uh, Pentecostal in their upbringing. Miss Jeanette, you will know this. They started their church service at 7 o'clock tonight, and they're going to go till midnight because they're going to do things I can't even explain to y'all that have not been raised in church, but I'm just saying all things are possible. And, um, but I would like to see the hands... Um, and in every location, please just kind of um, uh, make yourself known, because it's an incredible thing, especially if, you, if, you don't, if you're not raised in church and it's not your habit to be in the house of God on a New Year's Eve service, and this is your first time, or maybe second time, ever being to church on a New Year's Eve service, we'd like to welcome you and recognize you in all of our locations. Throw your hand up so we can see where you're at. Look at this. Look at this. Come on. I love that. I love that. I love that. You're not going to get in, in near as much trouble here tonight as you used to get into. And um, I want to, I, I, just, just, be, just before I read a scripture, I just want to let you know that um, the year 2019 was so incredibly impactful, and we had made some decrees as, um, as a large church family that we would see more people saved, and I, and I believe our goal that we just put out there and begin to decree that we would see a 1,000 people saved, right? And so I do have some numbers for you. So by the time you take um, our locations, um, here, Strong Tower, um, Florida, Cornerstone Summit, Cornerstone Tri-Cities, and Pasco, Total salvations, this is just the ones we have record of. We, 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 we couldn't catch up with Mexico. <laughs> or South Africa, thank you. So just in those that I gave you, total salvations, 1,027 people saved last year. <laughs> and 246 people baptized. I just want to say hallelujah. I said I want to say hallelujah. And so we're... We're very excited about that, and so thank you for just taking a moment to stand with me. I'm just going to read um, a couple verses of Scripture to you, and then um, see if we can't uh, put a little punctuation at the end of this year and an opening up to next year. Those of you that are familiar with some of our, the way that we move is that uh, in January, there'll also be a Daniel Fast coming up for those of you that would like to participate, and those of you that are able to participate at whatever level you will 
participate. But we like to do that. We like to pray. We like to fast a little bit. We have a vision Sunday coming up. This Thursday night is going to be um, a prayer service led here, especially by our campus leaders and all of those things. And so we just kind of keep it moving in that direction, all right? It's a good way to start it. All right, I would like to read tonight um, a verse of Scripture to you. Um, and um, there's a 20 and a 20 in it. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. I want to read this to you. And um, this is for everyone. And the last part of this verse reads, reads like this. How many believe the Bible in our churches? Yeah. The last part of this verse goes like this. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. That's 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. I'm getting ready to drop a word on you tonight. Wherever you may be, wherever you're watching from, to tell you that 2020 is a year of your double. I'm just going to try that again. It's the year of double. If you've been through any trouble and you read the Bible, you know that God will give you double for your trouble. One of the ways that God embarrasses the devil is however much trouble he puts you through, God makes him pay you back double. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm getting double for my trouble. And if you had a good year last year, can you imagine what this one's going to look like? Because you can have double of the good stuff. I want you to find two people, wherever you're at, find two people and tell them you're getting ready to have double in 2020. You may be seated everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Um, these are interesting days uh, that you and I are in, and uh, interesting times. And uh, in some ways, in some ways, they are like no other times. There, there are things that are, um, that are accessible to the generations today that were not accessible at other times. There are things that are imposed upon generations and people at an earlier age than were not at other times. And um, there's a lot of talk whenever it comes around to uh, the first of the year. You know, some people are people who give predictions. I don't have predictions. Um, there are some people that have fortune cookies. I ain't got no cookies for you. That's such your grandma's house. And um, there are people that have a lot of things to say. But what, I, but what I do want to do is to be able to look at and give you something more than just a shout, but something that gives you some stability. And to understand um, that um, no one can totally tell us what tomorrow will hold. I, I wouldn't be so dishonest to you or give you a disservice by trying to tell you that everything is going to be the way you want it to be. That would be a terrible thing for somebody to tell you because every year holds its challenges. And uh, sometimes it's not till you get to the end of the year that some of the things that you thought were a problem, you look back and thank God for it. 
and some of the things that you started off thanking God for, you look back and thought you should have let go of. Nothing is going to turn out exactly the way that we want it to be. But here's what we do know. There is an establishment and a blessing. The King James word is prosperity or prosper. There is an establishment, a stability, and a blessing in understanding what God is doing. So this is what I like to say. The future belongs to those who believe. Did you catch that? The future belongs to those who believe. Sometime last year, I started telling you about a word that I heard on the inside of me, that there is a generation in the earth right now who are going to move mountains, bring walls down, and break chains that have plagued generations for years. And you have to understand that we will see things that have plagued generations, our nation, and nations, and people groups for, for years and years. There is a generation rising right now that believes they can put an end to human trafficking. That's not even close to being a New Year's Eve parade. There is a generation that believes we can end world hunger. There's a generation that believes that there's enough food to feed everybody. There's enough places for people to live. There's, there's enough to go around. The wrong people have just had their hands on it. And when we are raised in the church culture of departure rather than dominion and people who are trying to escape rather than to involve themselves, then we abdicate everything over to the enemy and then wonder why things are going down the drain. There is a generation rising right now that believes that the future belongs to those who believe because mountains will move, walls will come down, chains will be broken, we, we will put racism under our feet. We will put world poverty under our feet. We will feed those who can be fed. We will set free the captive in the name of Jesus. It's early in my message, but I'm going to give you 10 seconds to give God a praise. All of our churches work with um, everyone who's for the good. We, we work with community groups. We work with community leaders. We work with uh, all kinds of organizations in all of our churches, all of our locations. It's one of the things that we teach that good people should work together. Having said that, I do not believe that other organizations have the supernatural power that belongs to believers. The church does more with less than any other organization in the world. And we have an added commodity of the fact that when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that God joins with us in what we do, and when we do what we can do, God does what we cannot do. And in this place, breakthroughs happen. Miracles happen. Families are restored. Bodies are healed. Lives are on a weekly basis. People are delivered whether you see it or don't see it. And I want to thank God that we are part of a church that believes in the power of God. Somebody help me for just a minute. Somebody say the future belongs to those who believe. Um, we are either defined by the days that we live in 
or we define the days. So as we move towards the future, we're either going to be defined by the things that happen around us or the things around us are going to have to be defined by us. When you have a bunch of believers in a community who believe in the power of God, who believe in the power of prayer, who believe that gathering together means something, when you put them together, then we don't become defined by the moments that we are in. I've I've done some study over time on the importance of decades and different decades and generations. And you have things like the Roaring Twenties. The 50s referred to as the the Golden Age. The 60s were defined by the Vietnam War and protests, all the things I've told you about before that we we talk about. All All the different decades defined by something. But there's coming another Roaring Twenties. (laughs) There's getting ready to be some people that say we are not going to be defined by the events happening in our world because our world is about ready to come into an impact with a generation of mountain movers, world shakers, history makers, where you at? Barrier breakers, sealing and limitation lifters. Something happens when you believe I do not have to be defined by what is happening around me, but what is around me has to be defined by who I, the fact that I showed up in the situation means that something has to change and I'm not changing to fit it. It has to change to fit me because I'm coming after it in the name that is above every name. I'm glad to be a part of a Jesus church, a Holy Ghost church, a Bible church, a pro-life church, a pro-family church, a pro-integrated church. I'm happy to be a part of a happy church. Happy for it. I'm happy for it. Anyway, trying to get to my message. So when I see uh, a 20 and a 20, and I see a scale is the way that I saw it. A scale and 20 in one scale, 20 in another scale. That shows me that it's a 20 and a 20. Can I preach what I came to preach? It's a 20 and a 20. That's easy. That's double. That, that's, that's the picture for double. 120 over here and another 20 over here. Hmm. What I realized is it's the same thing in a different time. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. I heard somebody say amen from Lima, but I didn't hear anybody here. Okay, so it's the same thing. If you see... If you see this by itself, or you see this by itself, you see the same thing. (laughs) It's only when you see them together that you realize it's the same thing, 
in a different time. Because this is a millennial number. Tells you what millennial you're in. This tells you what decade, I'm sorry, what uh, century you're in. This tells you what decade you're in. This tells you what day you're in. But they're the same thing in a different time. Ah, this becomes, this becomes the challenge of moving forward into generations. Because the challenge of generations is to understand that the only way that the scales can be balanced is to have the same thing in a different time. You cannot have balance with one thing. If you take either of the 20s out, the scales are not balanced. You cannot have balance with a single thing. You can only have balance with more than one thing that are the same thing, the same weight. Track with me for a minute. I know I'm going to take you just a little bit deep here, but just, just work with me on this. Because, because whenever we have generation gaps, whenever we have uh, philosophical gaps... We, we have the tendency for people to try to pull people into one corner. But there's no balance. So we have people struggling, trying to figure out how do we win this generation? How do we reach the generation that is emerging? But you can't reach this generation without this generation. Uh, what is the purpose of this generation if they can't help this generation? God never intended, watch me, God never intended for this generation to be at odds with this generation. That, that's a secular philosophy that there is a generational gap. That is not a kingdom philosophy. Kingdom philosophy is that one generation praises his works to another. Okay, okay. I don't know how far y'all want to go with this because this can be one race group, this can be another race group, one nationality, another nationality. Then we have, then we have like the, 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 the gender gap, you know, males against females. God never intended for males to do everything. God never intended for females to do everything. You can't have a balance when you're by yourself. It's not good for you to be alone. Talk to me in here. So there is the understanding that 2020 is the understanding to me of the same thing in a different time. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to walk you through it. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's call this Moses. Can y'all say that? Moses. Pretend like you're at the club. Get your back up off the wall and come on. This is Moses. Let's call this Joshua. 
All right? Everybody track with me? Okay, so here's, here's our scripture. This is, this is quite interesting. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 5. God says to Joshua, There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. All right? Everybody can see this. So take me back to my other screen. Take me back to my other screen. Thank you. I know you're working with me. As, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. No, y'all missed that. No man shall able, come on, emerging generation. Where are you at? Where are you at? Emerging generation, nobody can stand before you. No mountain can stand before you. No movement can stop you. The same way God was with Moses, he says to Joshua, the same way, the, it's going to be the same thing in a different time. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. One of the things that we have to do to keep from robbing our emerging generation of being fearful and scared is by making them think that the best days of faith are behind them. And we need to know our days of faith. We need to know our heroes. We need to know how we got here. We need to know who the Moseses were and who all of the great leaders of, of, of faith were. But, but somehow, if you don't add the other 20 to it, then it becomes out of balance where they think that God cannot do in their generation what he did in other generations. And God is saying, as I was with so shall I be with you. I want to say hallelujah to all of our emerging leaders. Come on, somebody clap for them. I just want to walk this out. I just want to walk this out. So verse number 10, then Joshua commanded, instructed the officers of the people, and this is what he said. He said, um, he said I want you to pass through the people and instruct the people saying, get your food together. For in three days, we're going to pass over the Jordan to possess the land which God swore unto our fathers. So here's what you got to get, everybody. Everybody has to understand that as God was with Moses, so shall he be with Joshua. I'm going to try it again. As God was with the Moses generation, so shall he be with the Joshua generation. It's just, it just looks different. It sounds different. And they got to get their food together. Because as God was with, keep going back to the other screen, y'all. This one I'm working on. As God was with Moses, so shall he be with Joshua. How many of you got that? So, so Moses has a role. Because Moses can do what Joshua could not do. Moses had the power to bring the people out. I'm going to get to where I'm going. But Joshua had the power to take the people in. <laughs> Joshua could not lead the people out 
But Moses could not lead the people in. Because you've got to have the same thing at a different time. Okay. So Moses is this. Moses is this. I mean, I don't have time to really cover Moses. Moses was a bad man. He was a bad man. I don't care who you are, what you've got to say. Moses was bad. And everybody knew it. Ain't nobody else calling bread from heaven and opening up, you know, all that water and all that stuff. I mean, Moses was a bad man. Um, Moses gets into the wilderness with the people, and uh, they need water, and Moses speaks to the rock. Okay, this ain't, I'm talking about three million people. I'm talking about three million people. Moses speaks to a rock, and enough water comes up out of a rock to feed and water three million people, plus camels, cattle, sheep, goats, and fools. All of them. After a while of walking with these people, Moses strikes the rock, and the water comes up out of the rock that he used to speak to, that now he strikes it. You, you, you about already missed this. Okay, I'm getting ready to talk to, to our church here today. Because what happens is, many of you at different ages will understand what I'm talking about. Some of us were raised up in the striking generation. <laughs> Ain't no timeouts. Timeout. Time out. Time out is when I hit you and you get knocked out till you get back up. That was your time out. We're going to count how, how long you was out. That was your time out. It wasn't all this Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. That's a four. That's a four, Tommy. No. It's like Tommy, Pam. Where's Tommy? He's, at, he's in time out. So I'm, I'm, I'm really getting ready to um, identify some of us here. I pray that you don't mind. It's just us and people all over the world. But um, Christmas time was just around us. And, um, you know, I haven't, been, I haven't been a kid for a long time. And um, so um, Theo, who's four years old, got a Hot Wheel track. Hot Wheel tracks have changed. Since I was a kid, I mean, it's batteries and, you know, loops and things like that. So I was telling a friend of mine, I said, these young people don't know that, you know, we weren't always excited about getting a Hot Wheel track because most of us got a whooping with a Hot Wheel track. Okay, I just want to see how many of y'all got a whooping with a Hot Wheel track. Just jump up because people don't know what I'm doing. Just jump up one time if you ever been whooped with a Hot Wheel track. So it's the same thing at a different time. So, so many of us were also raised in, in, in sometimes what I call the striking culture. People spoke to us to bring the word of God to us, to bring us into revelation. But if you do that in one place too long, 
than what you used to speak to, you start striking. So, so I'm easy with an emerging generation because these are not strikers. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm trying to take you deep out in here. Okay, see, so, so it's, it, it's, it's difficult for some of us who grew up getting whooped by Hot Wheel tracks to understand that when we were coming up in ministry or in life, People felt like it was their um, responsibility to make sure that we were humbled, (laughs) obedient, followed instructions. Come on, who am I talking to? And that produces a certain thing. But you can't put something that belongs into one time into another time because it's the same thing but not the same thing at the at a different time it's a 20 but it's a different 20 this this is a millennial this is a century this is a decade and this is a day it's the same but it's a different time so so when i when i talk to pastors that have been around for a while they're confused with this 20 right here this 20 right here they're confused with this 20 right here because they're, they've been doing the other 20 for so long that they don't understand why people that were trained and people that have been through who have been faithful for 25 and 30 years can handle correction and rebuke and instruction. And this 20 over here, you can't keep them on the team for six weeks and if you if you strike them they cry for six weeks how did but see you got to understand that this is a decade number this is a century number I'm sorry a, a millennial number you understand so what we have to understand as as a church world is you have the same things at different times. I'm, I'm still going. Everybody say double. Everybody say double. All right. So, so he, he, here's another one. So if we have this as Moses, right? We have this as Moses. This is Joshua. Moses has a role. Joshua has a role. Early on, Joshua realizes his sword works as long as Moses' hands are up. And Moses learns, I have to encourage Joshua because he's getting ready to take the people where I couldn't go. Everybody got me? The, the, the problem that we have in the church world is, 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 is we don't understand the principle that you have assignments at particular time periods that you have to fulfill. And you're not supposed to be an 85-year-old mad pastor striking people Cause you should have done something else about 10 years ago. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm just going to clap for myself. Just, it's New Year's. It's New Year's. All right, so let's do this one. Everybody still here? I'm getting there. This is Elijah. Elijah. 
This is Elisha. Trying it again. This is Elijah. This is Elisha. Same thing. Different time. Okay? So we know how this works. We know how this works. Because this is what Elisha said to Elijah. And we'll, we'll read it together. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 9. And it came to pass, when they were gone all over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask, what shall I do for you? Before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let it double. Everybody shout double. double. Let, watch this. Let it, what? Let a double. Let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Verse number 10. Watch it now. Watch it. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from thee, just kind of underline that, put that in your mind. That's an interesting translation. It, uh, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. Now, I want you to see this. Let's go back to the scales. Elijah is over here, and Elisha is over here. Somebody shout double. double. Elisha says, this is, this is what I want. If you ask me what I want, what I want is what this was in a new day. Oh, my goodness. Y'all not hearing me. I, I have read nearly, well, I have read a lot of Christian autobiographies in my life. People who you would think of, people who you may would know, people who you may not would know, inspired by it, learned a lot from it, thank God for it. But I don't just want to read about what God did for somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? And there is a generation rising right now that needs to have that in your spirit and in your belly. That you don't need to just walk around and say, man, that was great. Reinhard Bunke died this last year. Uh, 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 Billy Graham died the year before. There's no Charles Mason anymore. There's, there's no, all those people, are, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, all those people are dead and gone. But there is the same thing ready for a new day. But it's somebody that has to get it into their heart and say, what I really want is to see God do what he did for them at a different time. And if it looks different, if it sounds different, it doesn't. All I want to know is that if God was with them, I want God to be with me in the same way. Now, this is interesting. I'm going to get around to praying for people in a minute. This is interesting because Elijah says to him, this is what it takes. Every, every somebody under 40 years old needs to hear me right now. He said, this is what it takes. If you see me when I ascend, don't get the King James language, make it mess you up. If you see me when I ascend, then you can have it. Mm. You can't have what I have long as I have it and I need to have it. My mantle is for an assignment. But when I ascend out of that assignment, then I'm going to drop that mantle 
and whoever picks it up can take the 20 that I had and add that 20 to a new day. Okay, this is the problem that we have with the church is that we don't know how to let people ascend. Most people die in the first thing God ever gives them to do. And people start pastoring, and they will tell people, I'm going to die in the pulpit. I've told people before, I'm not dying in the pulpit. When y'all come find me, you're going to have to knock that sand off my feet. How good is that to die in the pulpit? It doesn't mean I'm, I, I'm not going to be preaching. It, it just means that God never called people to, to take a 20 that belongs over here and put it on top of this 20 over here because then you don't have any balance. I'm getting ready to drop it on you. The world's view is that you can't get up until somebody else goes down. I'm just gonna let that one cook for a minute. That you can't get up until somebody else goes down. That's a secular philosophy. The philosophy of the kingdom is when somebody else goes up, you get a double portion. Uh, let me walk you through the Bible. Let me walk you through the Bible. You did not get up when Jesus went down. <laughs> you got up when Jesus went up. That's when you get up. Don't, don't, don't miss what happened with Moses. Because uh, Moses didn't go down for Joshua to get up. Moses went up. The Bible is plain that God took him. That's why they never found Moses' body. Because he never died and was buried. If he had been, if he were died and buried, they, was probably look, they would have been looking for his bones for the rest of his life. If they'd have found his bones, they'd have built a shrine around it. But when he went up, Joshua goes up. Elijah did, did not die. He wasn't buried. Elijah went up. Elijah said to Elisha, if you see me when I ascend, then you can have double. You can take the same thing. Y'all, you're missing it. You can take the same thing and put it into a new day. Okay, so I, I already showed you Moses now and, and Joshua. So now I'm showing you Elijah and Elisha. Because Elijah had a fire calling down anointing. Elijah was not a man for you to mess with. He would call fire down on you. The king one time sent a prophet after him, or not a prophet, sent a, a servant out to go find him. And he said, I don't want to go look for him because he's going to be sitting up in a mountain someplace. And then when I come up on him, he's going to call fire down. And it's going to consume. They were scared of Elijah. 20. 20. That's what Elijah did. Are you catching me? Elisha has a different anointing. Elisha's anointing is water. 
Somebody say fire. fire. Somebody say water. water. Yeah. Elijah has a fire ministry. Because it takes a fire ministry to deal with Ahab and Jezebel. You got to be able to call some fire down. Elisha has a water ministry. You can go through the Bible and look at it. He parts water. Axe head swims through water. He sends Naaman down to the water. He digs a valley full of ditches and calls water. He's a water guy. You got that? When they come looking for him, they say, this is his testimony. There is in this town a guy by the name of Elisha who poured water on the hands of Elijah. So this, this is what we have to know, that we have some people that want to part water before they learn how to pour water. So if you learn how to pour water, the day will come when you can part water. The double portion now, I'm looking at double, Elijah and Elisha, the double portion is not just twice as much, though it means that, according to Levitical law, it means that, but it also means you get to start where somebody else finished. The last miracle of Elijah. Come on, read that Bible. The last miracle of Elijah was he took his mantle and he smoked the waters and he and Elisha walked over on dry ground. That was the last miracle that Elijah did. And then the chariots came and, you know, took, he ascended. And Elisha picks up the mantle. Come on, everybody. He picks up the mantle and walks back to the water. And he holds it up and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? What he's really saying is, if I got what I think I got, I should be able to start where that man finished. And he strikes the water and the last miracle that he saw Elijah do was the first miracle that he did. And all the wannabes out there said to him, surely the spirit of Elijah doth now rest upon Elisha. I'm telling you that there is a generation rising up because there are generations coming together that understand that there is a mantle, there's anointings, there's revelations that need to be put into the hands of an emerging generation because the same way God walked you through, he's going to walk them through. And somewhere down the line, your kids, your grandkids, your friends, and your city has to have a generation of people rising up that says we get to start where you finished because the time that you put into it laid the foundation for where we are going because we believe the Lord our God. We are a established but we believe that word and we shall prosper I'll give you one more I'll give you one more because um, I got a few more minutes until the new year 
There's a lady by the name of Naomi. Naomi's a 20. And um, Naomi ends up in Moab where she meets Ruth. <laughs> right? And um, Naomi says, I'm going to Bethlehem because I heard, come on, I heard that God is doing something great and blessing the people back in Bethlehem, Judah. <laughs> Watch this. Come on, come on. Naomi says, I'm sorry, Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I'm going. Your people is my people. Your God is my God. I will not leave you. And when these two join, then you find out, the book ain't named, we ain't got no book of Naomi in the Bible. It's a book of Ruth. <laughs> because Ruth got the double portion. Oh, y'all missing me. She got the same thing that, that Naomi had in a different time, but she got double because she met up with Boaz. Are y'all tracking with me? All right, one more, one more, because here, here comes the prayer. Here comes the prayer. So when I'm thinking about Elijah, Elisha, all of these things. I believe, I believe that our Cornerstone Church family, I believe that the churches that are connected to us and the people that we're connected to, I believe that the world is at a tipping point of generations. I believe that. I believe that one of the situations that we see in the world is that the millennials and the Zers um, are the largest uh, generation since the baby boomers. It's quite a thing. I believe that one of the things that churches don't understand is that you cannot occupy the same space all the time. Now for, for I don't know, few years, we've been very clear here that Kathy and I, 34 whatever years ago, came over here. That's what we've been doing. <laughs> and now I begin to see Phil and Meredith should be this. One 20, another 20, nah, same thing. Different time. No, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Because some of y'all still want me to be over here. But I ain't been over here. Because, because there's no balance. Now, if you see me when I ascend, you can have a double portion. So my thing is, I, I ain't trying to die to leave my mantle with somebody. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. I, I, I ain't trying to go nowhere. I told y'all before, everybody. Cornerstone is Kathy and I's home church. It's where we go to church at. These are people we worship God with. But, but I'm not supposed to be doing at this season in my life things that belong to this season. 
in my life. I spend most of my time dealing with pastors, leaders, churches, because Kathy and I have a lot of experience on that. And you cannot believe the number, uh-uh, okay. Y'all cannot believe the number of these, these people <laughs> that need the help of these people. Because, because they weren't trained in the same way. They ain't been through the same stuff. They don't know how to stand up and navigate. They don't know how to deal with all of it. Some of them don't even know the Bible. They're just trying. So the only way I, I can't do, I can't be in this, in this scale and in this scale at the same time. I'm getting to you in a minute. I'm talking about us all together right now. I can't be in this and in this at the same time. The only way for me to do and Kathy to do what God has called us to do and then us collectively as a church do and as a generation do is you have to let me ascend. That means you have to let me spend time with the 70 some odd churches we have in Mexico and the few that we have in Bogota and in Colombia and the ones we have in South Africa. Then I'm going to come home and look at you. Are you tracking with me? You have to be able to let us ascend. Because if you let us go up, y'all are missing it. You're missing it. If you let us go up, the same God that brought us this far, if, if you try to hold me here, I'm going to stop speaking and go to striking. I'm going to start calling fire down on some of y'all that need some water. You understand what I'm telling you? There is an anointing that comes here. And the faith that belongs to people who own the future says the same God that brought us out is the same God that's going to take us in because we're believing God for a double portion anointing and we're going all the way. I said that to tell you something. I said that to tell you something. I believe that 2020 is the beginning of a decade that is going to be the most incredible decade of all of our Cornerstone churches put together because we have Phil and Meredith that are ready to stand into this 20 and me and Kathy are getting ready to be into this 20 and we go have double for our trouble. just thought I'd say that out loud so you can hear it. So when I thought about, when I thought about uh, how now shall I talk to that 20 over there, our emerging leaders, because what was it about Elijah that allowed him to get the double portion? I'm going to pray for our, our emerging leaders first. And I'm going to pray for our existing leaders next in all of our locations. So just give me a few more minutes. When Elisha, here, here we go. Elisha is ready to die. I know we're, um, we're simulcasting to all of our campuses, so you guys just kind of wave at me if, I'm, if I sit in some kind of weird area that nobody can see me. Um, Elisha, after his great battle called Fire Down, on Mount Carmel, remember that? He ran, got up under that juniper tree, and he said, oh, Lord, let me just die. And I started asking myself, why is it that, that some preachers or people that have done it for such a long time, they just kind of give up? 
And then I realized Elijah said, I'm the only one left. Ain't nobody serving God but me. Please, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to contextualize this for you because I hear a lot of older pastors talk about don't nobody care about it like we cared about it. We the onlyest ones. They won't sing hymns no more. They won't come to church on Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock for intercessory prayer. You know, whatever. And every generation has its own sound and worldview and every generation has its own problems. Get it. But when you... When you develop the mentality that you're the only one. Elijah believes this. I'm the only one. You got to love God the way he does stuff. God says to Elijah, by the way, I got 7,000 people that you don't know about. That have not bowed their knee. And um, so, so it becomes important. For those in this 20, not to think that this 20 is somehow more committed than this 20. Because it might be 7,000 people in this 20 that you're unaware of because you're in a different circle. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so God tells Elijah, get up. And go anoint three people. Remember that? Haziel, Jehu, and Elisha. Go anoint them. What one doesn't do, come on. The other one will do. What the other one does not do, then the other one will do. What he's trying to tell him is you, you are ready to lose it because you're trying to do what it takes somebody else to do. Because you're, you think you're the only one that can do it. Can I finish the message? I said, can I finish the message? So Elijah finds Elisha plowing in a field and throws his mantle upon him. So those that are 40 and under, I'll call it, okay? The, the older I get, the higher that young number goes. When I was 30 and I prayed for young people, they were teenagers. I need all the teenagers to stand up. I don't do that no more. You ain't, you ain't young, you're a child. So when, when at this age, young, young people are 40. And uh, <laughs> so Elijah finds Elisha. Here we go, everybody. Let me, let me stand right here so you can see it. El Elisha is plowing. You can't ask for a double of something that you are not willing to labor for. You're not entitled to it. You cannot ask people to sow into something that you won't sweat into. And when Elijah found Elisha, he was plowing. Ugh. The double portion generation are people who are not afraid to plow. Plowing in a field, here we go, 
12 yoke of oxen. 12 is the number of government. That means he had an understanding of order. He wasn't afraid of order. 12. People who are not ready for a double portion see order as control. As to where people who are intelligent and mature see order as release. Order will put you into a level that you can never get to by living in chaos. And here is Elijah plowing in order with 12 yoke of oxen. And when Elijah comes by, Elijah comes by and throws his mantle upon Elisha. I don't know why in the Bible they name two people that close with the same name. It wears me out all the time. I always get them turned around. But Elijah is the older one. Elisha is the younger one. And Elijah throws his mantle upon Elisha. And then, then Elisha then takes the oxen and he cooks them and feeds the whole territory. Everybody close to him. I'm just trying to show you something. The double portion anointing has to be for people who have a heart to feed. Because we have a needy generation. I ain't talking about just food. I ain't talking about just food. There's a need for food and all of that. I'm not, I ain't talking about just food. I'm talking about we have a generation starving. Starving psychologically. Starving emotionally. Star starving relationally, starving spiritually. Somebody has to be willing to say, I'm going to feed you. And I'm not giving you cotton candy. And I'm, not, and I'm not giving you junk food and fast food. I'm getting ready to cook something for you that's going to be good for you. And then the, the, the indication of the Bible is when he did that, then he took all the, all the plows and all of his tools and stuff. And he, basically he burnt all that stuff and then he went on. That meant to me he was all in. All in. In other words, I ain't got a plan B. There's coming a generation, everybody 40 and under, stand up, in all of our locations. Everybody 40, and you know, I mean, if, if you want, if you can lie here, I don't care. I mean, because you might be here on a date and you told somebody you was 32 and, and, and all that. I, I ain't trying to mess with all that. I pray, I pray that we get out in front, that we, can, that we can lead in our generation what it looks like to have the same thing at a different time. I think I told you guys before, I'm going to pray for you in a minute, I just want you to look at me for a minute. I've told all of you before, but I want to rehearse it. That 125,000 pulpits in America will transition in the next five to ten years. 125,000. Because the generation of baby boomers, when they came up, are now approaching retirement age. You guys know that I travel to hundreds of churches nearly every year. And many of them are in a place where they don't know how to go from one 20 to another 20. Because they want this 20... They want this 20. They want Joshua to be Moses. And they want Elisha to be Elijah. And they want Ruth to be Naomi. Are you, are you hearing me? 
and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. I can't tell you the number of, of calls or conversations I've had with people that they're telling me, we're watching you from a distance. We're so excited about how the Cornerstone family is receiving and seeing the vision of the future. Because my vision has not changed. My goals are not changed. My commitment to God has not changed. God did, God did not call me to start something and, and not to, to see it through. But people are watching because it's, it's going to happen all over our nation. And because we're an apostolic house, then sometimes our role is to get out in front of something and show other people a good way to do something. And say, this is how you do this. It is, it is my understanding that everybody that is a part of this has something to do to help this. Huh? And everybody that's a part of this has something to do to recognize this. And we're going to see God do incredible things. Double portion. Double for your trouble. Every person that is 40 years and younger, we commission you we charge you, we speak over you, and we say to you, the future belongs to you if you can believe. And if you can believe, you can move mountains. If you can believe, you will see things that other people prayed about. If you can believe, you can be a mountain mover, a barrier breaker, a burden lifter, a ceiling shatterer, barrier breaker, and limitation lifter. And I declare that over our big one church. Thank you for receiving me in that way tonight, kind of speaking to you in maybe a fatherly way. But I want you to be all in. I want you to be willing to plow. I want you to be willing to understand order. I want you to be willing to feed and help, and I want you be, to be willing to be all in. Because if you are, there is a double portion anointing waiting on you. All you have to do is watch me go up. Let's clap our hands for all of these beautiful. Everybody over 40, get up. Y'all better sit down, get sit down. Everybody over 40, get up. We, we know you. We know you. We know you. We know you. over your life, over your destiny, over battles, over labors and tears that is hard for one generation to understand, I declare you will live to see double. Huh. And I hear the Lord saying that you have, a, you have a place and a purpose to make sure 
that the other 20 has a balancing 20. <laughs> that you can put them on your shoulders, that you can speak to them, that you can show them, that you can be an example to them. And do not let them go into this battle by themselves. For this battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. And if you believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. I'd like for everybody in all of our churches just to stand up, all of our church buildings, please. We're one church meeting in a lot of locations, and people, if wherever you may be joining with us from tonight online, just let us know where you're at, because it's really important for us to know. But I want us to take just one moment here. It's 11.54 is what this clock tells me back here, and we're about ready to step into a decade. I can't, I don't know. Something is shifting and moving. Something is happening in the air. And if you have an ear to hear, you can hear what I'm telling you. You can hear that we are moving forward. We're doing it together. We're doing it together. And we will see everything that God has promised us. I'm, I'm, when I look out over this building tonight, I see people who I have known since I was a teenager. I have seen, I see people that have just joined our church in the last few weeks. I see 20 and I see 20. Because to me, it's not an age thing. It's a time thing. Do you understand me? And I'm telling you, the future belongs to those who believe. And I declare that the struggles that the city of Lima that I grew up in have been through are getting ready to shift because there are a people there that are ready to rise up and to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. I declare over the east side of Toledo that has lived under a cloud. Where's the Eastwood people at? And, and, and no people on the east side and our, our brothers and sisters on the east side, we declare that the east side will see a revitalization and a revival and the powers of the enemy over it will come down. I declare that what we see happening in downtown Toledo is not just something that is owned by ProMedica. No, 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 no criticism. It's not owned by the Mud Hens. It's not owned by the Seagate Center. It's not owned by, the, by one government center. But we declare that the downtown of Toledo is owned by the kingdom of God and that there's coming a revival to our downtown location. And we speak it out over you in the name of Jesus. And we say our downtown shall be a place of Holy Ghost revival. And I declare into Wayne, Michigan, that has went through its ups and downs and trials and tribulations, 
I declare over you that the power of God is coming to you and that your best days are yet ahead of you. And I declare over to us standing in this small me sanctuary right here where God has met us at so many times and so many occasions, so many miracles, so many thousands of people coming through these doors. I declare to you that I'm going to be sitting right here with you, looking right in the face of the next 20, watching God do exceedingly abundantly above all that we have ever believed him to do because our eye has not seen our ear has not heard what God is sending into this generation and I need everybody in every location to take one minute and if you have faith help me move a mountain for just a minute help me bring a wall down for one moment come on one time lift up a shout like your best team just won something I'm working on a, I'm working on something. I'm digging around for a little bit. I'm believing God. I said, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I said, I'm believing God. I'm believing, hey, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm just kind of walking this out for a minute because I'm seeing people I want to start telling stories about and I'm not going to do that Twenty twenty is vision people know that that's perfect vision and I want to know who has a vision who has an ear to hear who can believe in a prophetic word that will help us to prosper because if you believe on the Lord your God so shall you be established believe his prophets and so shall you prosper it's possible to believe God and be established and not prosper because being saved doesn't mean that you hear the word it's possible to get your mind on your money and prosper and not be established. We're looking for a 2020. We're looking for a balance that you understand your house and God's house. I'm so excited. I really am. You can't hardly believe it. You can't hardly believe it how excited I am to see what God is doing in our midst. How excited I am that week by week, someone says to me, we're so real about the future. Because it's all of ours together. It's all of us. And they're so excited and so thrilled. And um, I am too because, because, you know, an apostolic church is, um, by the way, it's 1201. Happy New Year, everybody.
that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you wanna sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.